0: You, and i will kill you yeah, I have a shut the fuck up donnie the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist
1: what we've got here is
0: failure to
1: communicate mrs robinson you're trying to seduce me <laughs> aren't you
0: was it over when the germans bombed pearl harbor Open the pod
1: bay doors, now. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You
0: want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because Because it is my name! I see,
1: (laughs) Dave.
0: Today, Junior! You ever dance with the devil in the pen?
2: kid
0: like scary uh-huh. what's your favorite scary the price is wrong all right and welcome to critic's not cynics the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic and as you can see this week we uh, we are getting a little bit better with uh, scene transitions and OBS and all that stuff and also as you can see we have all the hosts here so welcome back everybody how y'all doing
2: I'm good how are you
0: I was thinking we were gonna have a repeat there with no one going to speak (laughs) up uh oh I'm I'm doing better on the second take of course (laughs) uh so yes welcome back uh to to Pat uh who's had a little bit of a sabbatical from the podcast formal uh he's been on some of the gaming streams so that's uh that's been fun but it's nice to have him back Uh, to get our spiel stuff out of the way um we obviously are talking about spider-man no way home uh full spoilers Also, to like, comment, share, subscribe, follow all of our socials. Uh, but we actually have a big announcement. Um, well, big little announcement, rather, because we're still small channel. But we do have a Patreon now. Um, so, we have uh, about three starting tiers. Uh, one dollar tier, just as a general tip jar. Just, you know, if you want to you know, throw us a couple pennies, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, our second tier, which is our cynic level, you know, will be a little bit on branding, where you're gonna—it's uh, three dollars. You're gonna get uh, day early access to the podcast formal. Um, so nothing with live streams or anything like that, but uh, these pre-recorded videos will will be going up uh, pretty much about the time that I upload them for Monday's release. You'll get them on that access on that Sunday, uh, and then our five-dollar critic level. Uh, see what we did there. And uh, that's where we're going to do some uh, movie riffs, uh, some watch alongs. One, one we have planned uh, is a Daredevil series uh, since Leslie has not fully watched them. But we do plan on like doing all of the Netflix shows. Uh, so we'll be doing those at least once a month, but then also uh, interspersing it with other content. Like I said, movie riffs uh, are, as Pat said it we, when we were initially trying this, uh, Parks and Wrecked. Series, I think that's uh, going to be our, our perfect name for it, uh, where I will be uh, drinking and watching Parks and Recs episodes since I've never seen it. And uh, I will have one or both uh, co-hosts with me, so we'll make sure that I'm alive by the end of the each episode. So uh, that's some stuff that we have planned coming up here in the future. And if you want to go ahead and head over there, uh, we do plan on kind of expanding it in the future um and add more content as we go along but we figured you know a dollar 3 and 5 was was a perfect starting for such a small channel um and also we plan on doing regular live streams of the podcast uh right before what would be our typical gaming streams on Saturdays from 6 to 8 we don't have an official like launch date for when we're going to do that or what we're going to talk about, but uh, the idea of those is just to get more interactive with any audience members who want to tune in, um, talk about maybe current movie news or show news and, and stuff like that, and just also just to have fun. Uh, we all like hanging out with each other, so I think it would be a, a very good time uh, for all of us, so... Uh, that's all of the kind of announcement stuff out of the way, and uh, let's, uh, let's get talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, as we've done with our other most recent movie reviews, not so much with our prior ones, we've got it structured out. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the casting outside of certain area of aspects uh, that we want to talk about later when we get into the story portion of the review, Uh, And then we're going to talk about the technical aspects, visuals, how it sounded, how it looked, how it felt. Uh, And then the meat and potatoes, we're going to talk about the story uh, in and of itself. So, uh, Pat, uh, since you have been away for a little little bit of time, it's perfect for you to start us off with all this.
1: It's perfect for me because I'm going to get off track anyways and talk about anything. Of course. Uh, So... Starting off with uh, Tom Holland's performance as Peter Parker, so as Spider-Man. Spoiler alert, there's only been uh, three other movies that he's been in as Spider-Man. <laughs> or, no, no, make that four, five. We're up to five now.
0: Civil War, five. Infinity War, Endgame. Uh, Both his standalone. So like six.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe a six. All right, so we're up to six now. <laughs> um, but I will say that his performance in this was uh fantastic. Uh, he does a really good job of like making the character his own. I think if that makes sense. Um, and the way that they wrote this one, it's a lot different than we've seen him in other movies. Like he's dealt with loss before, like losing Tony Stark and everything. But I think that this one kind of does it a lot different. It hits, I would say closer to home. <laughs> um, but it it just the way that it shows him going from like grief to anger to like it it just really brings it all together in this one i think um and especially like his the interactions with uh, zendaya are a lot better in this the dialogue for her is much better and then just it just really ties it all together on this third one and i think that they really did a good job of writing that dynamic. Um, and then moving on to, like, how he deals with the villains, uh, the first one that you see is Doc Ock, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, Doc Ock. Um, and on the bridge, and, like, he doesn't even know what's going on. And just seeing how he interacts with people that he's literally never seen before, but we have seen before right uh it, it's a really cool dynamic and i think that when you get into the multiverse of, and everything it really it's really cool kind of seeing how they, different they can do things uh like this versus uh into the spider verse and stuff so seeing different character dynamics makes it fun for the audience um especially like him wanting to help all of the villains it's something that we haven't really seen before right. on screen, at least as far as Spider-Man goes. Um, and just kind of really brings it. <laughs> I brings
0: know it I'm kind of
1: repeating. Yeah. <laughs> <bring it together. laughs> Repeat myself. Um, but see just everything
0: uh, twice, say everything, everything twice.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, I do wish that a couple characters would have gotten more screen time. I think, uh, Sandman and Lizard were definitely more supplementary um, villains, but
0: uh, I mean, they they their role well. Yeah, I and think they- um I think the reason that they get the, like the lowest uh, or least amount of um, like screen time and development time is they were purely there to like kind of like fill slots, and they were the easiest ones where they could get the actors in to just voiceover and, and then fit them into the story without having to worry about you know, how they were bringing them back or how they were going to look or, or interact. It was just, those were the two easiest ones that they could do that with, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, definitely with how little, like Wizard had a handful of scenes, but definitely the least used. Right. Out of all of them. I think that Sandman's CGI was probably a little bit easier for them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Electro was fantastic. I really like... I dug the rework of how he looked. Jamie Foxx knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. Um, and, of course, uh, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin and Norman Osborn. Like, I, I this movie would not have been what it was without him.
0: I, I would agree um, with that sentiment.
1: Like, you could have done without other characters, but I, I think Willem Dafoe was what really did it for me because it's he didn't miss a beat yeah from from the originals to this it was just incredible
0: all right and i mean
1: yeah i mean that's all i have to say about character wise i mean i could keep going but i'll get off yeah
0: top. no you're, you're you were already kind of venturing into story a little bit and i was i, I didn't want to derail you on your on your thought <laughs> process uh so yeah i i uh i, agree. Like, I so I know um some people have criticism of Tom Holland Spider-Man not particularly because of his his acting but because of how they've written him. And I really think like th- these three movies are very much like a uh, what's what's the what's the phrase I'm I'm looking for like just a rite of passage like he going from teenager to adult uh, throughout the span of, yeah, six movies, but let's talk about, you know, the th- the three trilogy. Um, you know, I really felt like when coming out of Homecoming, he was the teenage Peter Parker, like the one that we didn't quite get with Toby and the one that we didn't get with Andrew at all. And uh, so like... When when this became the new Spider-Man, like I felt like this was the closest to the comic book iterations. And then I would hear people going, "Oh, he's just a whiny kid. Oh, he cries too much." I know Leslie gets that reference, um, you know. And that was the point. Like that was who Spider-Man was when he started out was a high school student who didn't know how to deal with these powers or 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 what was happening to him. So I never quite understood that criticism because like you can make the argument when you go back to the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man or the Mark Webb amazing Spider-Man that like those were two more like aged up Peter Parkers. Um, So they brought different like kind of dynamics and, and aspects that this film franchise and reboot was doing differently and, and it felt more right that they did this. And I think that that's why it works out. And I know the complaint still today is that even in, from this film, I've seen people complain like, Oh, you know, he's still too Christ too much, or he's still too much of a kid. But like, again, it's a whole rite of passage for him. Um, I, I liked Zendaya's MJ in both prior the films. I understand people's criticisms about her uh, in the sense of like, of course, race swapped, you know, not a redhead, all that stuff. But like that didn't bother me. Um and I liked the sarcastic, direct approach of her. I like that it was like the refreshing thing I really enjoyed about the first film. Um but I will agree like this is where she really comes into her own and they give more backstory to her. Like they do say that her last name is Watson and like it was just a whole She Goes by Jones, which talks about like there's some dynamic on with her family that we don't quite know about that we might get to see in future films as development for her character. Because like her major line throughout the film is expect disappointment all the time. You'll never be disappointed. So like that's a sentiment she has from her own personal life that we haven't quite had the chance to explore yet. And I like the potential that this film sets up for that. Um, of course, Ned is Ned, like you're going to love him or you're going to hate him. And I absolutely love him. And I think he was fantastic, uh, especially in some key scenes later on in the film. Um, like his, his origin story (laughs) essentially, uh, of what could happen. Like I've seen the, the memes of this is my origin story. Um, I think the villains, everyone they brought back, even the voiceovers for, uh, Reese, uh, and, um, Thomas Hayden church did fantastic even like with them not physically being there like they still felt like who they were in in their films uh and i really appreciated that uh alfred molina uh, again killed it as doc um i think he was perfect in this role and again also willem dafoe this movie does not get as good as it is without willem dafoe in it um and then John Favreau is fantastic, and I will give um, also May. You know she is fantastic uh, right now. Her uh, Marissa Tomei. Her name was escaping me for a second, but she is also I think really kind of kicks it out of the park in this film. So uh, that's kind of my thought on how the the cast did and 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 so on. So uh, Leslie, what what thoughts do you have?
2: Check. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's pretty much been covered you know like all the characters that we've already seen on screen i feel like they all do a good job again you know i'm trying not to i don't want to be spoilery so the the one thing that i would say over over these three movies is i feel like the better balance they get between uh the screen time and writing they're giving to tom versus zendaya versus um Ned's actor's name is escaping me. But I feel like Zendaya gets better and he gets less. So I did think he did a good job in this movie and had good scenes. But I feel like the better that her writing is and the dynamic between her and Tom is, the less his is. Right. Yeah. That I makes any that.
0: sense. But I do feel like they set up extra potential for him yeah. to show up, at least in other films.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I don't think it's like he did a bad job or anything. Like right. I said, I do think he did a great job. There are some great scenes. But I, I don't it almost feels like the dynamic of the three is like either is really well balanced and having a good funny time with his friend and then it was off with Zendaya and they didn't have like good lines or whatever for her, or they fixed that and now he's slightly off with him. Like I don't feel like they have all three of them like Well
0: and I would say like between the three films like Ned gets a lot of screen time in the first two yeah. versus her. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that that's the obvious trade-off in, in this one. So, yeah, it's not like they he did anything bad or the writers necessarily right. did anything bad. It's just like they, again, like this is a very jam-packed film for two and a half yeah. hours and everything that they do. Uh, yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like, well, where do, where do you kind of draw that line of who gets what in screen time? Um, yeah. So, if you don't have anything else to say about uh, casting, all right. So, technical aspect also is probably not going to be too much of a of a time uh, a time waster. So, I think the film visually is stunning. Um, one complaint, like I had about the Doctor Strange film and of itself, uh, which will get to eventually when we get back to our mcu franchise review was like the reusing kind of of the visuals of inception for like the buildings and the multiple stuff and whatnot like the mirror universe or uh, mirror dimension um but it looked better i think in this film like i think they used it better in this film than they did in dr strange um so I, i really liked that technical aspect to it and again everything else they spent their money wisely, so visually everything, even the CGI, looks pretty spot on throughout most of the film. Um, and this is this is a bit of a technical thing, um, that it bothers me, but it doesn't bother me enough to like really detract it from the film overall. Is um, when you get to the end and you're and you're dealing with the villains, two of the villains, obviously Sandman and Lizard. Their scenes there, for their their climax of their stories, are reused and kind of re-edited scenes from Amazing Spider-Man and from Spider-Man 3. And you wouldn't catch it, like, if you haven't watched those films, like, hundreds of times, like myself and whatnot, like, ad nauseum. You wouldn't really necessarily catch it. But at the same time, like, it feels a little lazy, but also, like, I get it. Like, I get why you reuse those sequences, uh, because it's like you weren't able to necessarily get the actors to come in, whether there were scheduling issues or whatever. uh, But that was a way at least to kind of address their storyline. So, you know, it was just like one of those things where it's like I I caught it just because I'm a huge fan of Spider-Man. But I don't think most people would actually catch it unless you pointed it out to them. Um, But visually, I think it's it's, again, a beautiful film to look at. The score was fantastic. Um, So that's pretty much from a technical aspect. That's what I've got to say. Who wants uh, who wants to take uh, next? uh...
2: Well, I think if they're going to continue to update. Um, all the special effects and stuff for Doctor Strange—they're gonna have to put it like some kind of strobe warning or something at the <laughs> beginning of the movie, or especially if it's gonna be in 3D. Um, I went with my parents to see this, and if it was in 3D, my mom would not have been able to watch those pieces of it. Like okay. she did have to close her eyes at a couple points because you know you 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 inter- your brain is interpreting that, and it looks like you're gonna fall and stuff. So she was getting kind of nauseated watching okay. it.
0: Yeah, and it's like in Dr. Strange in of itself was a tr- kind of trippy film. Uh, yeah. so it it kind of makes sense that those visuals were. Yeah. Were I love the one.
2: visuals, but like for anybody else out in the audience, they might not, they might need a strobe warning or you'll have to close your eyes or right. something.
1: End up like Lucille from arrested development. <laughs> falling out of the chair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, but anything else to add on, on the technical side of things or anything you want to point out? I'd take that, I'd take that as a no. Um, all right, so yeah, here here's where we're probably going to spend a lot of time <laughs> talking, and that is uh, the story. Um, so overall, uh, especially if you've made it this far and you haven't watched the movie yet, we haven't really spoiled anything yet, we're spoiling stuff now like this this is the moment you put where a big you spoiler you, yeah you you want to dip out at this moment here because we will be talking about anything and everything so you have been warned uh, 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 so the story picks up literally right at right at the end of far from home which was probably the best thing to do um especially from that post credit scene uh, from uh far from home where you have jay jonah jameson kind of in his alex jones esqueness uh coming on there and exposing peter as um spider-man and and uh portraying him as the murderer of mysterio um and it just kind of like it it feels like it picks up there and the movie just never stops like even, yeah it goes even when it has its like kind of like Exposition moments. It it just if those don't feel slow, they don't feel boring. It just it just goes through the story. I don't think I was bored once uh, as it came through. But I do kind of love like the the fallout also being you know like everyone just unquestioningly believes it, and of course it's pretty much proven and all that stuff too. And uh, no one no one really can can do anything you also have kind of the little quick revelation at oh fury hasn't been on planet so you have that like little bit of Peter going like wait what <laughs> <laughs> I was just with him in London um and you know I, I loved the uh the little scene with like Ned when the cop comes in and he's and he's like oh you know. Ned's like, I'm not going to tell you anything without my lawyer. And then the cop just says one tiny little thing. And Ned's like, Oh, no, no, no. He told me first. And I was this guy in the chair. And then he's like, Oh, shit. <laughs> just realized what I did. Um, But I, w- I will say, what's kind of a negative is they do kind of rush through this uh, in the sense of so we got him getting questioned by the cops. We got him, you know, kind of back at home or, or in jail. And then everything's kind of okay. You know, it, it just kind of jumps to uh, and this is who we kind of spoiled in the uh, Hawkeye review to Matt Murdock being his attorney going like, hey, we got you out of it, you know, and I, I it's it's kind of like I want to, you know, call uh, um, Kevin Feige, you little scamp for like the week of release of Spider-Man No Way Home, him coming out and saying, oh, Charlie Cox will will be showing up in the MCU as Daredevil at some point we just don't know when that will be. And then to be like going in there Saturday morning to go watch this movie and freaking there he is. (laughs) And I know I slammed my elbow right in the pad as soon as he popped up on screen. So, um, and as we talked about in Hawkeye, like Vincent D'Onofrio confirmed his Kingpin is the Netflix Kingpin. So this is the Netflix daredevil. So I'm really excited to go back. I, I still haven't finished it, but to finish uh, season three of Daredevil and to even rewatch it with Leslie, since I know she hasn't uh, experienced it. Uh, But that's what kind of like it felt like a very quick resolution to all of that info dump of this kid is Spider-Man. He's potentially responsible for the murder of Mysterio and the attack on London. And oh, wait, no, he can go back to school. Like, it's all good. You know, I don't know. They did
1: that later, too for a different character but they did this exact same thing
0: i'm trying to trying to think of which one you're referring to
1: they did it for happy because you see him getting arrested outside of the apartment and then the next time you see him is at the grave site and there's nothing in between well but
0: that one like obviously it was his apartment what
1: what happens in between well i think (laughs) they just (laughs) I,
0: i think they just determined that you know oh it was his place he just showed up like that that much is that and given with how everything turns out you know it's like what else what else could they do you know but uh i i mean i was again like it's how do you fit all of that exposition and all of those scenes explaining how he gets out of legal trouble outside of a you know matt murdoch cameo um And then also, like, when the brick comes through the window and he catches it, and, like, Peter's like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) There isn't a way to do all that uh, exposition.
1: exposition without making it boring. Right. Like, skipping all of it really, like, kept it moving and kept everyone, like interested if you like started having court scene and stuff people would be like <laughs> what is this well and again
0: it's a very jam-packed film so like you can't have a 20 minute scene with matt getting to like show off as matt murdoch well charlie to show up as matt matt murdoch and show off like you can't really do that and do everything else you do in the rest of the film without something either feeling forced or feeling like you said boring uh or just the film itself feeling too too jammed with characters. So yeah, I, I do agree. Like it's one thing I would like to see, but at the same time I understand why that's not there. Um and then yeah, we basically just to skip some of minor stuff. Oh, no, I I can't skip this. I I love uh I love when he goes into school and of course his teacher, the principal, and then uh Hannibal Burris is like uh gym teacher is just like you, you murdered Mysterio. Yeah. It's, just, it's just like standing there nonchalantly and Martin Starr's teacher being like, Oh, look what the students put together for you. And the, like the, the principal is just like, you made that, <laughs> you know, it's just like fun. Cause like they, again, like they were so fun within the first two films. It was nice to, even for one scene to have them in there and have their little quirkiness uh, added in there. But then we see kind of the ramifications of this. Um, fallout and how it impacts MJ, how it impacts Ned also Peter himself. And obviously, you know, Oh, Dr. Strange can be the person to fix all of this. And spoiler. No,
2: I love he was just looking at little Halloween lights and he's right. like, Hmm.
0: Yeah, And it just so happens. It kind of looks like Dr. Strange. Right. Um, And then we get some, so I, I like that. They explained the snow because, I know it might seem stupid to like be really focused on that, but that bothered me the most in the trailers was like, why is the sanctum Sanctorum just covered in snow? And that just nice little exposition from Wong going, yeah, one of the portals is wacky. I was like, okay, that's, that's literally all I needed. Yeah. It was enough yeah, for me to be fine with With the
2: explanation, it, it still felt weird.
0: Well, yeah, I'm not going to say it's, it's like, it, it makes story sense.
2: Yeah, I wonder the reason behind that choice right. is what I
0: want to know. Yeah, maybe we'll find out in Doctor
1: Strange. We're, we're talking about a movie where people are dressed up as a like, spider character.
2: Like it doesn't
1: have to make sense.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm not letting you back on the podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but, no, well, it, I
2: like that we also got explanation that like how he lost the title of Sorcerer that's Supreme. That's where I was going to go next. Was like
0: yeah. Wong is Sorcerer Supreme on a technicality. <laughs> because cause, well you get blipped for five years you're yeah next guy who's the title uh and it I kind of also explains like Wong's importance in showing up like in Shang-Chi for a little bit uh and why like he shows up at the end of Shang-Chi because like he is you know keeping an eye over everything and who knows what's going to happen in Multiverse of Madness because like that man I'm ready for that film if if they're going to that it's going to be hard to follow up on no way home but if a film is going to do it it's going to be doctor strange um and then of course yeah we get the you know let's forget everything spell and peter screws it up well technically doctor strange screws it up but peter's the cause for him screwing it up and you know we i know we talked about this a little bit and i think you you agreed like you liked this too the concept of uh, kind of like the well I guess they would be the zoomers or whatever but having just not even the idea of calling the college admissions to talk about you know college instead he goes straight to Dr. Strange did we talk about that
2: I don't think so
0: uh, I thought we did but maybe I saw someone else mention it but it's like it does feel like a thing that the younger generation just it would never cross their mind. Cause their mind is world is ending. I can't get into college, blah, 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 blah. And it's like the last thing in your mind across is like, did you, did you talk to the admissions? Like, did you plead your case? So I, I love when, when, <laughs> when, uh, Steven's just like, wait, you didn't do any of that. You just came straight to me. <laughs> it's like, all right, you got to call me doctor again or, or sir again. Um, and then we get the, the bridge scene. Which uh, I feel like I'm talking too much. So, anyone want to take over?
2: Um, I'm trying to remember. Well, he's, he's in his little suit. Yeah, his little suit because he's tracking down the head of admissions or whatever her position is.
0: After being all, you know, we kind of uh, glossed over Flash Thompson, but uh, he, yeah. you know, Flash Thompson being the responsible for that hookup.
2: Yeah. So he's. He's tracking her down, which is like completely random. Randomly track down the head of admissions to try and talk to her on the bridge while she's <laughs> on her way to the airport. And I, I don't remember what prompts it, but Doc Ock starts tearing up the place.
0: It's pretty so, much unprompted. It just happens. Yeah,
2: he's he's just there, and of course he sees Spider Man suit. So he's like, "Well, there's Spider Man." And from what he says, we get that like he was. He was with Spider-Man 2. He was, like, right at the end of Spider-Man 2, like, just before the end. Mm-hmm. And then he was here. So we get understanding of, like, his thought process of he went directly from I'm fighting in a fight with Spider-Man to now I'm in a fight with Spider-Man in this other spot. When he realized... And, oh, wait. Somehow Tom gets control of... Peter gets control of his... um arms the doc so
0: arms. W- when he because uh, he gets them pinned under the bridge and then yeah. uh doc like rips apart of the suit and the nanites fuse with the the arms and then peter realizes he can control the nanites he, he gets
2: control of, yeah. yeah of the arms so he gets control of the situation but when his mask comes off of course um doc Ock realizes that's not my peter and everybody's a little confused we get the the laugh you know yeah. as we see um the pump pumpkin bomb, a uh, roll out. But then uh, Doctor Strange jumps in, transports everybody to the dungeon,
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> or whatever they were calling it down there. Yeah,
0: I think it was the yeah, it was the dungeon. The, the dungeon. Yeah, because like Ned's so fascinated, and then it's like there's a washing machine and all yeah. that
2: stuff. <laughs> or he's there's a torture rack, and yeah. that's a Pilates machine.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Um, and then that's of course like where we also see Lizard is uh, already been captured. And then, you know, Dr. Strange explaining that these are. Yeah,
2: this is what you need to do.
0: Yeah, well, not only this is what you need to do, but the when you were trying to make everyone forget who Peter Parker was, uh, Peter Parker being Spider-Man, um, you, and when you screw helped me screw up the spell, essentially, it allowed people who knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man come through.
2: Yeah, to come through um, these.
0: so it was that's and that's again like a very interesting way to bring in these legacy characters and and well beloved without one not even having to do backstories for them because we all fairly know those that lore and everything not just from the comics but from the movies themselves so you don't have to rehash Doc Ock's origin Uh, you don't have to rehash Green Goblin's origin or even Lizard's origin you just you've you've got that built-in knowledge already if you especially if you've watched the films um and yeah then he goes into this is what you need to do and we'll get that cool kind of gauntlet uh, that he makes yeah. with the nanite and infuses with magic which is really cool wish it got like a little bit more display um, yeah, a little
2: more use so we kind of start off with the very basic premise of oh we just got to clean up the mess and go capture the guys and put them in this box you know before we we get to willem defoe and and he starts to realize the connection between all these people is that they died fighting Spider-Man, and they're when they go back, they're going to die. And he's uh, starting to have.
0: So that's not, not a hundred percent true for all of them. Let's let's say that. Yeah, like, well,
2: it, it's not true, but that's what they're.
0: Right, because like well, it. Sandman doesn't die in Spider-Man three and Lizard right. doesn't die in amazing Spider-Man. It was like, it was, it was a minor thing. I was like in the back of my head, I'm like, well, some of these guys don't die, but this I what understand they tell you in the
2: movie. Right. 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 <laughs> and this is what the character knows. Right. And that's where he's coming from when, you know, he's having this conversation and may is like, you know, we got to help these people. And, you know, that's when they, things go sideways between him and doctor strange.
0: Okay. Did anyone else uh, outside of me get happy like after they got um, once they got pretty much everybody and and uh, Willem Dafoe is also back there and uh, Peter is talking about science and he goes, "Hey, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a bit of a scientist myself." Did anyone (laughs) else? Did anyone else just love that they repeated that line? You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. I mean, I mean, it's a classic line. Like,
1: it's a classic line, and it's been used like over the internet but it, for I, I years know now and it
0: was so tongue-in-cheek like it was the point like they they knew the silliness of that line and but they also knew people like myself would just lose it with bringing it. back. Yeah. you know
2: I need I still feel like I need to go back and watch the movie over and over and over again just so I can try and figure out the point when William Defoe switches from Norman to Goblin
0: um I would say it's probably at the moment he's captured. I think as soon as he's in there um that's when when goblin starts taking back taking over. over. Yeah. Um now one thing I do find interesting uh as we uh we are burning through the story aspects of it a little bit uh him saying like wh- you know being lost and confused and he goes to feast and everything and is talking to May and May calls Peter how he's like There, I don't exist in this universe. Like, that's an interesting concept, especially with the film that they're doing. But I also kind of like go, well, now you've eliminated that possibility for future Spider-Man films of introducing at least Norman, uh, a Norman Osborn as Green Goblin in the MCU uh, uh, mainstay, rather. Uh, And I, I mean... No one, let's let's be clear, no one can pretty much outperform or do a better job than Willem Dafoe does as Norman and as Green Goblin. But I also don't like that potential of never having another Norman or Harry uh, show up. I, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that.
1: I mean, there's really no evidence that any of the villains exist in that universe right like yeah i, I mean
0: that... but no but no one came out clear out and said like um like for, for instance like yeah Dr. the other ones octavius doesn't exist themselves. yeah so yeah. like he's the only one who confirms he doesn't like no osbornes or at least his Osborns exist uh because like we still could have a doc ock uh, or even a lady yacht, you know, like from in the spider verse show up or something like that. Most of
2: that or, just makes me wonder if it's something between Sony and Marvel. Uh, like,
0: it it probably like big picture wise, yeah. like outside of the yeah. movie, you probably, it's probably something like that. Um, but story mechanics wise, like moving and, and future thinking wise for, for the show, I don't, or for the films, I don't know. Um, but yeah, then you go basically through the nice like little montage of him help trying to help them all out, and oh, I do like uh, I don't I don't. Well, wanna... he has
2: to get he has to get that box away from Doctor Strange first, right? So that we get a little bit of that when Doctor Strange oh, yeah, pushes don't his astral that. form yeah. out. Yeah, that he can still move his body
0: yeah the spider sense like just took over and is yeah. constantly like just moving and everything and he's like how are you doing this and when he's
2: running away from him he's figuring out like the spatial geometry and stuff to, right. to get the the magic box <laughs> my
0: my sister-in-law particularly loved that scene because she knew she knew what was going to happen like with once he said geometry she's like math math it's gonna work. it's gonna be math but i did also want to touch base too because this was something i noticed people commenting before the film uh they were all commenting about jamie fox's appearance in this film where he's looking like like jamie fox whereas in amazing spider-man 2 he's got like a bad comb over he's balding his teeth are a mess glasses all that stuff um i like that they wrote basically dialogue in there for him to say, well, like I just rebuilt myself to be better. Like I was like, good. You addressed it. Cause like a lot of people, (laughs) like it didn't particularly bother me. Cause quite frankly, I kind of forgot he had looked so odd in amazing Spider-Man Two. Um, that they were like, oh, yeah, we thought of that. Like, we weren't going to put him through that makeup process again or whatever. And since we never saw him after he turned into pure electricity, like, we never saw him back in his human form. So it was kind of cool when he reconstituted. Like, yeah, he made himself to look like what he wanted to be. So it was kind of a cool aspect uh, to the film. Um, but then, yeah, we're kind of now we get to what's pretty much the crux of the movie. And that is trying to heal or save the villains. Uh, And we get the green goblin betrayal uh, after, after uh, a, is cured essentially. And then we get uh, again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. No one can accuse us of not saying spoilers enough. We get the death of aunt may uh, to the hands of goblin. And I, I kind of at first for a half a second after he hit her with the glider and she got up and she was fine. I was like, there's no way she's fine. And then it kind of, the scene ran and I'm like, well, maybe she is fine. And then the fall happened. I'm like, okay. Cause you know, he's got the blades on, on the glider and she gives the, uh, with great power comes great responsibility speech. And, uh I haven't listened to this reviewer and Pat knows I, I uh I'll I'll tell him off air uh who the who did this review, but I'm sure they, they complained about this in great detail as being a woke or well let's get rid of Uncle Ben and like make it a strong, powerful woman who gives Peter the speech. But like it's it's earned. Like it's it's earned. We never saw Uncle Ben. You know, we never got to hear about Uncle Ben. And I was kind of in my mind making Tony be his Uncle Ben. But in this film, the impact that that has and the way it's delivered, I had no issues with it. I I don't think either one of you guys had issues with it. uh, No, not at all. Yeah, It, it, it felt totally earned and perfectly fine and organic. It wasn't forced. We've seen May. We've seen what she tries to strive for and teach Peter. And it made sense. Now, I'm kind of sad Aunt May's gone because we won't see her in any future films. But it was very impactful. The emotional weight of the scene, the delivery by Tom and by Marissa were just, it, it worked. It sold me on it 100%. Uh, and then we get into what you were talking about, Pat, earlier. We were talking about Tom going through kind of like the five stages of grief. Uh, you know, it was anger, depression, denial, like he's in a dark place after that scene. Um, and does anyone else want to do the honors or do you want me to, to talk about the, the big stuff now?
1: Oh, you mean Ned
0: using the, yeah. Using the <laughs> portal. <laughs> Which is funny because like, his, his little joke like, oh, my grandmother told me there's magic in my blood and like <laughs> uh Steven just being like, uh-huh. Yeah, sure. And then, you know, he gets of course, you know, because uh, Peter steals the sling ring from him uh, in the mirror dimension. uh And yeah, doing the, you know, and he actually manages to open it. And then they do the find Peter. Uh But they don't Find the right Peter. Do they?
1: I believe it is uh, Andrew Garfield's Peter that they find first. Correct. Followed now followed up by. Oh, no, it's uh, fine. Go ahead. No, you finish. Oh, this, and then I... followed up by Toby Maguire's on the second
0: try. Yep. Uh, now I don't know if I would have gone in that order. Like I personally would have had Toby show up first and then Andrew. I think
1: with, I think it fits with how they wrote them in the movie.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, regardless, I ain't complaining <laughs> about about them being in there or showing up at all.
2: I feel like they picked Toby second because it's like he's like the the OG. Right. So his arrival would be more impactful. So if he came first, it would really overshadow Andrews. Well, the so only I feel reason- like they. Ha- they had
0: to go with Andrew first. So the only reason I would have done Andrew second, because I agree I agree with, with your um with your statement there, is how like certain and how definitive they were at saying, like, he's not in this movie. Like Andrew's not in it. You know, him going on the press circuits and answering, you know, the questions are you in the movie? No, I'm not in the movie. Are you sure? I'm sure I'm not in the movie. So I think it would have been, like... Because everyone pretty much was like, yeah, Toby's going to be in this one. Uh, So I think, like, had Toby come in first, be like, okay, they're done. Like, we got Toby. And then to do the second one and have Andrew come up, like, then it'd be like, holy crap, he's in the movie. But, again, I ain't complaining, because it was great to have not just one, but both of them back. Um, And this is the one thing, like, I... I'm so happy because I know that there were rumors that there were kind of fights between Feige and Pascal about uh, a final trailer before the the release of the film and it showing Andrew and Toby in in the, the trailer and kind of him not wanting to and her wanting to or vice versa. I can't remember exactly who was, who was fighting with what. But I'm glad they didn't. Um, I would have been fine with like a tiny hint thing that it could have been interpreted as anything, like not – could have been interpreted as maybe them or maybe Willem's uh, Green Goblin or or another character that we weren't uh, aware of being in the film but I love that they really kept it under wraps and they did a really good job so when that reveal happens it feels so good and it's exciting and like everyone in the theater cheered when they both showed up I mean that's how our experience was I don't know about yours Leslie
2: (laughs) Now, I think i was was so far removed. I think I saw it like on the very last day that my theater was going to be playing it, okay, and it was still even the theater that we were in, the hall, was completely sold out on that day, but uh there wasn't a lot of like lots of cheering i did I hear like little bits of people like oh, you know, okay. or like little claps and stuff like that, but not like not like when we went and saw like in game with all my friends and stuff. And there was like literal cheering and everything in the the theater.
0: Yeah. And to see, we, we saw it like, you know, the Saturday of opening weekend. So that, that kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was just, it it was great to finally have them there and them be the thing that kind of helps Peter through this, uh, this tough time. And, um, I mean, I, I like, it's just their dynamics and, and talking about, um, you know, not just uh, the, the meme. This is the, what I love the most was the meme before anyone knew for sure that like they were in the movie was having a conversation between the Peters and, you know, Toby's Peter going, Oh yeah, this stuff comes out of me. And they're like, it comes out of you. And and that being a line in the actual film was like, Oh, that's fantastic. Cause yeah, everyone else would be like, because they got their web shooters to be like yeah that's that's kind of (laughs) weird does it come out of other places like it's just a fun conversation and then like i was saying about ned's origin story like ned talking to both peters and they're both like oh yeah my best friend tried to kill me oh yeah my best friend tried to kill me and ned like oh no am i I gonna kill peter um and, and and then also talking about kind of the gwen stacy reference you know like how uh andrews peter has kind of gone down a darker road and hasn't has been kind of just like lonely and never really moved on from the death of gwen stacy um and i i just how this all culminates into the final act of the film is just amazing um i do want to take a quick little side uh bar here and say like they're now rumoring that you know Sony's going to do a Spider-Man four with Toby and do a an Amazing Spider-Man three with Andrew and like Andrew might show up in Morbius, um, or uh, Venom three is going to deal with Andrew's uh, you know Spider-Man or something like that and like just the possibilities this film creates for future endeavors of. Spider- the Spider-Man franchise for sure and, and showing how these studios can work together even though they've had their contentious relationship because or like remember even before they made this film like they were on the rocks like they were gonna be like yeah there's not gonna be a Spider-Man 3 Uh at least set within the MCU because uh, Sony kind of wanted to get a little bit greedy with it but then we get this and it's like you guys can work together. Sony can have its own side Spider-Verse and doing kind of these redemptive arcs, not really for Toby, because Toby got his three movies and pretty much everyone was done with it and fine with with a new Spider-Man. But Andrew never got that culmination of a third film. And um, I think that didn't sit well with a lot of people when they would wanted to see Andrew back for a third film. And now we have the possibility of getting another toby spider-man and getting another andrew spider-man and and seeing more of this multiverse with then sony can get soul profits kind of of those movies with maybe a little bit of a kickback to to uh marvel studios but it's just amazing I, I i it's fantastic like i just have so much hope for the future of this film franchise i don't know if the one of you guys have any thoughts on that
1: I think it might be difficult to kind of resolve the timeline of like when these villains get sent back to their timelines.
0: Uh more so for Toby than I would say for Andrew because um like I said like uh Lizard didn't die and he was cured. I mean he was cured in the first Amazing Spider-Man. So there was really nothing to do there. Electro kind of like disappear and like
1: yeah and and what that would mean for their character in that universe and if they would just be like oh this character is now just in prison or it never happened or like i don't know yeah it'd be interesting to kind of see how they would resolve something like that
0: right this it, it would be i think a little a little tricky but at the same time you know you just have them where they they come back like the time has passed you know and they just they show up again and you're just like oh well maybe norman didn't die maybe doc ock didn't die um because really also
1: like uh, yeah and not only that but if spider-man's gone and crime runs rampant or something while he's gone in this universe it's just like a lot that could be there there's a lot on the table
0: right and and I, and I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing I mean, it
1: could also be good. it could use that to their advantage
0: it's as long as they they approach it smartly that's I mean that's yeah. with the how it always comes like this again, this film could have been complete garbage had they not <laughs> executed it almost perfectly and also being so respectful of the fans like that's one thing we're seeing with a lot of film releases recently, dune Ghostbusters, this film. These films respected their their fans and the franchises, and uh, they didn't waste your time. They made this movie worth the wait um, for everyone involved. In my opinion, I could be wrong. There could be people who, in fact, I saw a few in comment sections who just thought this movie was a waste of time. Which I don't know how. I would say even the most jaded superhero fan, comic book fan would still come out of this movie going, yeah, I enjoyed it. Or at least I enjoyed parts about it. Like, I don't know how you say this was a waste of two and a half hours, but I know there are people out there. And of course there are people who are going to hate on it just to, cause now it's the, you know, the trendy thing to hate on the MCU because that's, what's going to get you clicks and that's, what's going to get you likes. And that's, what's going to get you views. Like our positive review of this movie is probably not going to garner as nearly as much if we were just <laughs> trashing the film. Um, the nice clickbaity title. Exactly. Oh yeah, maybe that's what we should put as our title. So don't, like, don't watch it. Don't watch. Don't watch Spider Man. Uh, no way home. Spoiler review. <laughs> see see what happens then. Uh, and if I decide what, to do what that, what a
1: terrible what a terrible movie it was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Like you know, people click on that video. They'll get all the way up to this point and realize, oh, it was a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah we you know we get kind of the the finale, just the big show off scene um now the best i think the best thing to come out of this was andrew saving m j yeah you they know. gave
1: and and i i'll, I'll take over here because yeah. i i think that I've done this enough is, talking I, I think the writing that they did for andrew garfield's spider man was every like uh, assuming that this is the last time we see him as spider man it's the best way they could have given him his redemption arc right. on like saving mj and like just you you felt at least personally i felt that he deserved the third same like the, the amazing spider-man 2 was decent like it wasn't it got a perfect, lot of hate but, i
0: don't think it it deserved
1: yeah and it, it was like i said it was decent it wasn't perfect no movie is but it's like, it it just felt like you were left with nothing, and this gave you the closure that the fans of those his franchise needed.
0: Right. Yeah, because like they were setting up a Sinister Six film and all that stuff, and you had the Man in the Hat, and you had like all these unresolved uh, uh, storylines, and like MJ was in the original cut of Amazing Spider-Man Two, and then they cut her out, and like. It was just, yeah, it, when when they just announced, oh, yeah, now we're basically not doing another Spider-Man movie, and then we get, oh, MCU, Civil War Spider-Man, which I'm not complaining, but, like, you, you just go ahead and you're ignoring that to the side now, and this film seems to kind of bring the potential of us going back and revisiting those worlds and those characters and those actors, and uh, I do think, because, like, uh, what have I said? I know you and I kind of agree on this, Leslie. Like, um, Toby was like a great Peter, but not a fantastic Spider Man. And then Andrew was a great Spider Man, but not a fantastic Peter. And then Tom yeah. kind of hits that perfect stride of great Peter and great Spider Man.
2: Yeah, because it felt like they had the person, but then not really Spidey. But then they had Spidey, but they didn't really have. Peter, right and when i saw tom in civil war i felt like they finally had it they had the whole thing the
0: whole yeah they, they they managed to like just strike it right on the head with with uh the character dynamics like again because like you go back to toby he's like he's the older peter like he's the peter i would say of the 90s cartoon and, and 90s comics and then you get um uh andrew's spider-man and that's more of the the quippy version of spider-man and and then but yet he's kind of still too old to be the teenager spider-man uh and then tom just hit it right on the age and right on the mentality and everything like that that made him feel like it struck that perfect balance um and you know you get you get all three of them in the suits you get the great uh, choreography. You even get the scene behind me here. You get them all doing the <laughs> finger pointing at each other. Ah, you're Spider-Man 3, and I'm I'm Spidey 2, you're Spidey 1, and all that stuff. And just also having, like, wait, who are the Avengers? Is that, like, some metal band? Are you in a band? <laughs> That's... <laughs> Just like, and then, and then finding out that the whole, uh, I love you guys line is improvised by Andrew. So like their looks of confusion is actual like (laughs) confusion. It it, it just, it it makes the movie so great. Like, so I can maybe understand you not liking the first like hour and 40 minutes, right? Maybe, maybe you felt it was a slog. Maybe you felt it rushed too much, but once all three Spider-Men are together, I don't know how you don't enjoy the rest of the film. Like I don't I don't know. It's maybe maybe I'm just too rose colored glasses fanboying out. I don't know.
1: Um I just want to point out that let's say theoretically that there is an MJ out there for Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh they could reuse Kirsten Dunst because she's only a year older than him.
0: Well, no, she would obviously be in Toby's, but like they had Uh it yeah, could you could have the same person. I'm gonna butcher her name, but like it's uh, Shane Woodley or whatever. Um, she was the MJ they cast in Amazing who Spider-Man 2. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend. That's uh, who I can say. Uh, Shane Sh-Shane Lee Woodley or something like that. Uh, uh, I, I'm gonna. It's I've got her first name completely butchered because uh, uh, of the way it's spelled and my pronunciation. Um... Uh, She's a good Shailene? actress. Yeah, that she, Shailene? Was, she was in Divergent and all that stuff. Like, she's a good actress and she was cast as MJ and I was like looking forward to seeing her as MJ. But then they just decided to cut her out completely out of the film. Um so yeah, it was just one of those like things which again kind of like how so we get post credit scenes and, Oh, that's
1: funny. My my buddy probably nicked her. Oh really? Yeah, they went to the same high school and she's only a year older than us
0: well then uh let's let's see if we can get her on for an interview sometime <laughs> um but like when it comes to like the post credit scenes of of this film um and I'm actually trying i know I know I remember the one I'm not sure I can quite remember the second one uh, but like I would have replaced one of them with kind of some like post credit scenes with Toby and with Andrew, and like Andrew meeting mj like i felt like that would have been a fantastic end credit scene or post-credit scene uh for this film but
2: Uh, from what i understand it was the venom and then it was basically the trailer for multiverse
0: that's it that's it that's why i couldn't remember it because it was a trailer uh which i'm not complaining because it was the trailer was great like the venom thing was fun and funny but also a bit of a disappointment because they they sent him back and i'm not but not entirely oh yeah i know there's one little bit of the symbiote still there but well
2: like, i feel like i feel like another sony thing where sony's doing their own like villain verse right. sort of a thing where they couldn't keep him here but they agreed to leave a bit of the symbiote so they're like yeah sure maybe eventually well
0: because spider-man 4 i think are th- for this for the mcu spider-man 4 the next logical assumption would be to use the black suit because he's still dealing with the grief of losing May. And so kind of just to brush through the rest of of the story there, all the villains get cured. Uh, Toby gets stabbed, but he's okay. Thank God. Because like if, if they were going to kill a Spider-Man off, I figured they would kill Andrew off. Like that's, you know, do that. So when it was Toby that gets stabbed, I was like, no, 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 no. And then he's like, I'm good. And then also that kind of line, like, you're in a lot of pain, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I had a feeling that they weren't going
1: to kill any of the Spider-Men. The Spider-Men? It, it just, it it didn't feel like it would fit.
0: No, it, it probably like, I think it would have impacted my, my score a little bit on this too. Like it just would have been one of those things where I've been like, yeah, no. Cause like, I remember seventh grade going and see, like after school, going with my buddy Jeff and going and seeing it in theaters and just loving it. And, uh, so yeah. in Spider-Man two, the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man two was like my all time favorite Spider-Man movie, uh, that now has an asterisk next to it. Um, cause it's, it's no longer <laughs> my favorite Spider-Man movie. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Doc, uh, Dr. Strange manages to complete the spell. Uh, I am interested like when this comes out in home release to kind of like pause it and see all of like the entities that were coming through. um,
2: Yeah. I've seen a lot of speculation on who they all were.
0: Right. So it would be kind of interesting to see what's going to happen with that, or if anything would happen with that, or if there's anyone I can kind of recognize. Um, And, you know, Peter kind of promising MJ, he would find her and same with Ned. And then we get kind of, right. Well, yeah, you kind of knew how that was going to happen, but like, or what was going to happen, but you got kind of get to that end scene and like, you understand why he doesn't but you also f- hurt for him yeah now this would have been even better because i it was the first thing that came to my mind and i think it is the same apartment from spider-man 2 but would have been great like as he's getting settled into his apartment you have the landlord from spider-man 2 going do you have my rent <laughs> where's my rent money um and then we get because like now you know he no longer is using the Stark tech, like he makes his own suit, and you get kind of the glimpses of the classic bright blue Spider-Man suit. And that's that my only like big complaint is I want to see more of it. I want yeah, to see more that of it. Was,
2: that was one thing when and the
0: well, hopefully, <laughs>
2: when the film is ending, I'm like they didn't do a good enough like shot of him in his new right, suit. Yeah. Like they they did a little bit of one, but they did not do like. A money shot of him in the news.
0: It's like you, you have to pause it on your own when it comes out yeah. to try to find a good look at it. Because like, yeah, you don't get a great like just straight on shot of him in full glory in the suit. So, but I, I like the potential it sets up for, for future films. I, I just, I really do. Um, I don't know if anyone else kind of wants to talk about anything else story-wise with this.
1: I mean, I... I think the last scene that I really thought was just fantastic was just when he's beating the shit out of oh, yeah. Green Goblin.
0: Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> again, like, it's, that, that's the testament to Defoe's performance in this. I,
1: I was like, man, are they going to have... Like, it actually had me questioning whether or not me too. he was going to go through with it. And I think that that's one of those things where... When you're able to make fans be like, oh, shit, is he actually going to do it? Like, it, it makes you actually happy that they can get you to that point of feeling that way. Because usually you'd be like, oh, it's a superhero movie. He's not going to whatever.
0: Right. And you even have, like, uh, you know, Toby and Andrew standing off to, like, kind of the side. And it's, it's not even, like, it's even more kind of certain after Toby gets stabbed that he's, like... Oh crap! He might actually do it.
1: Yeah, he might actually do it. And,
0: and then you know you get you get kind of the nice twist, and it's like that's how you do it. Like you said, you convince the fans that they might actually do that. But that that's the last thing I wanted to touch on. Okay. Anything from you, Leslie?
2: No, I guess not too much. I that that really emotional scene when Andrew catches MJ. Very you
0: know, impactful. His,
2: Was very impactful. And of course, this is like a few days post my surgery. And I'm sitting there in the theater trying not to be all upset with that because I knew like my parents won't, they don't get it and they're not going to understand that they'll just be like, Oh, are you okay? Or whatever. And I'm just like <laughs> having a moment, you know, in this movie, it's not like, like I'm fine. You know,
0: see if I, if so it I was were, just sitting
2: there trying to not,
0: if we were like, reversed and I, and I was crying, cause I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I kind of teared up a little bit, but like, you know, I didn't cry or anything, but if I were crying, I'd be like, yeah, no, that's the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> just be like I'm good. I'm good. I'm not crying. Cause it was like, cause you, the weight, like just, Andrew's performance and just the facial expressions of him being like I I made it I I yeah. saved her like
2: he hit his performance right there. Like I didn't, yeah, I didn't need anything from Zendaya. It was, yeah. everything on his face was like, and I'm remembering the movie and going to see it and yeah. how I felt when she died. And I'm like, Oh my God, he <laughs> taught, you know? I'm like, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It was just, again, like I, I don't know how you go into this film or come out of this film going, yeah, that was just a complete waste of time. Cause like there are certain parts of the film you could absolutely not like, I get it. But like with a scene like that, with Defoe's performance, with everyone's performance, I just, I don't know why you wouldn't just like be like, yeah, that was, that was at least somewhat enjoyable. Um, so uh, if we've got nothing else to say, um, yeah, we're doing another one of our long ones here. Of course, I I knew once we got into the story and kind of talked about details and and those moments we were going to get a little bit into it, but, uh, do we do we want to do go ahead and do scores? Does anyone want to go first or do Should
2: we do them all at the same time?
0: No, cuz I got mine uh I got something specifically planned, but maybe it might work out great if we all come up with the same score. By my my, <laughs> like my theme is going to be even more even more perfect. So, uh we'll just uh we'll go ahead and start with you, Leslie. 5. 5 and Pat uh 4.99. Of course. <laughs> Jerk uh, and I, of course, am going to be a five. And, and I've just got to, just in case anyone questions, I have to play uh, just what I what I think about, if anyone thinks about our score. I didn't do fucking shit. I didn't rig shit. Uh, we didn't rig it. <laughs> I, I didn't tell her my score. Well, I mean, I don't think I told you my score prior to this. I think I might have told Pat. I but, pretty much knew it. Yeah, like, I, I don't even with some of the small complaints I can have about it, like we talked about with the, um, with uh, kind of glossing over the legal troubles a little bit uh, and, you know, kind of going, well, he could have done a little bit more to explain how he got out of that. uh, But understanding you can't spend all that time focused on a courtroom scene uh, and just other little bits and the reused kind of scenes from uh, Spider-Man three and from the amazing Spider-Man. I can't, there, I I mean there's nothing that's going to make me hate this film you could take out even Toby and Andrew and have just Willem there and I might still give this a 5 because of his performance alone and vice versa you could take Willem out and have Toby and Andrew in there you know or even if you could have only had Toby and I probably still, have, still would have enjoyed this film so uh, I don't know if any other one of you has any other final thoughts or if we're going to go ahead and sign off that's it all right.
2: Go to our Patreon if That's you want right. to watch we'll, Daredevil.
0: We'll, we'll plug our Patreon one more time because I think we have that plan to record this weekend. Uh, so we're going to have our first uh, Patreon exclusive episode where we're going to do a watch along of episode one of season one of Daredevil. Uh, and uh, the link is going to be probably in the description. I know it's up on our like little YouTube banner here on our channel. Uh, so if you want to throw us a couple bucks, uh, you can go check it out there. Uh, look forward to our Parks and Wrecked series. Uh, I, you know, he's not always here for the show. Let me let me give you the credit first before you go ahead and take it. Nope, nope You're um, <laughs> But every now and then he can give a little bit of of, uh, of of goodness of creativity. Let alone like coming up with the name of the podcast itself. Oh, I'm not good at coming up with names. What about critics deep. not cynics?
1: That's perfect. I listed like ten of them.
0: You sent ten you of were... them and this was like the first one on the top of the list. That was probably in the middle. But you were but you're like, oh I'm terrible at coming up with names. I'm like, well, I'm not any better. You're like I'm not gonna come up with anything good. Mm-hmm. And then you send me a list, I'm like I oh. send you rattle it off. That's all you gotta do. Mm-hmm, it's like eventually something will stick. <laughs> And and maybe eventually something will have you on here on a regular aspect. Maybe. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Yeah, check our Patreon out. Check everything else in the links in the description below. Uh, Like, comment, share, subscribe. Yell at us if you want. You think we're Marvel shills because I know we've been – We've been fairly positive on all the Marvel content we've covered.
2: We haven't done Thor Dark World yet. <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: that's true. We haven't done Thor Dark World yet. There will be thoughts on that film. Oh, you
1: want to um, do Captain Marvel?
0: Oh, well, no, we will. <laughs> we'll get there. We're doing our, That's right. You haven't been around for the franchise reviews. We're going in release order. So uh, we got a bit of ways till we get to Captain Marvel. And that will be my, my third time reviewing Captain Marvel for the podcast. But uh, all right, guys, we will uh, talk to you next time.